Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2X listeners, Bill Kasky back for another episode of the 2X Podcast. Today, we are going on a little coaching journey. I'm going to introduce you to a friend and someone who has helped me and done some coaching with me personally over the last few months. Her name is Carol Ann Rice. She is from UK, uh, or should I say the UK? Anyway, she is a, a really smart lady, and I wanted to have her on because she has some, uh, you know, I don't know, sometimes... I look at coaches and I look at the coaching that I do and I say, is, is this really different or are, are all coaches saying the same things and we're just saying them in slightly different ways? And so I'll leave that up to you to decide if some of the content that Carol Ann has is really different or is it just spoken a little differently? But the bottom line is I wouldn't be putting her on if I didn't think that she had something important to say for you. And again, I've been using her off and on here for the past uh, year, and I think she has something really special to say. Before we get started, though, I want to let you know that if you go to BillKasky.com, I've got three things there that are freebies that are things that you can get value out of. Number one, the seven habits of the world-class sales leader. If you're a sales manager, national director, regional sales VP, in other words, if you oversee a sales team, go there and download that document. If you are a sales professional and looking to 2X your business or significantly improve your business over the next year or so, go to BillCaskey.com. There's a three-part video series called the 2X Quick Start. And if you're a CEO or president of a company and you want to build an unstoppable sales team, there is a document there for you. Something for everybody at BillCaskey.com. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Carol Ann Rice. Carol is a coach. She coaches professionals and business owners and entrepreneurs. And uh, Carol, welcome to the 2X Podcast. Thank you very much, Bill. We're delighted you've invited me on today. Before we get too far into it, uh, Carol Ann's website is realcoachingco.com, realcoachingco.com. I suggest that you check out. She's got some free resources. She's got some uh, challenges there for you. So I would highly recommend that you check that out. Carol, and you, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started in this coaching arena? Give us a little uh, narrative on how it, how it came to be that you're a professional coach. Okay, thank you, Bill. I've been a coach for about 16 years now, and I trained with an American company called Coach U 16 years ago. Um, there weren't many coaching universities in the world, so I had to train from the UK uh, in, in America and phoning every week to get my modules and my hours done. Um, the reason I got into coaching was because I was my previous life, I was a professional journalist. Um, it was a job I kind of had drifted into. I didn't particularly like journalism. I t- it turned out I was quite good at it. So when I was made redundant from a newspaper, 
I decided that I'd use my redundancy money to start to think about what I wanted to do next. And I just heard about coaching then about 18 years ago in the UK. It was very, very new. I hired a coach with a little bit of money I got when I left my, my job there. And I was so impressed with the, with the results of uh, Susie, my coach. And I thought, well, if I could be this really, really stuck, very difficult, cynical client, and she was able to turn my world around, I want to know what the tricks of the trade are. I want to become one of these amazing people. And she, she gave me the heads up and said, if you train properly and become a coach, I will take you on as an associate. So that was the little golden carrot I needed to pull me forward, to take the big leap. And I've never looked back, actually. I absolutely adore being a coach. I think it is a job of infinite possibility. And of course, great privilege to, to work with all sorts of amazing people. So what did, what did you learn from her? Not going into tremendous detail, but just generally, what did you learn from her that really caused you to say, man, I want to I do this? What, what was there? <laughs> yeah, I think it was all about that it's your mindset. It's all about managing your mindset. You can be standing next to the most talented person in the world. And the person who is the success is the one who thinks they can do something, the one who has the right attitude. Sometimes being enormously gifted and uh, possessing great skills isn't the key to success. The key to success is the right attitude and an ability that, and a belief that you can do this. And with a little bit of brain training, a little bit of rearranging things and getting rid of the software that's harming your your hard drive sort of thing, you can start. Sorry, my phone's going in the background. You can start to um, really change your own life and the possibilities available to you. And I thought that was it. This is like a magic thing. It's like the whole world goes from black and white into technicolor as soon as you change the way you're perceiving it. Yeah, I think that that happens a lot to us as we we start to study an area, whether it's how your mind affects your body and affects your results or, uh, you know, what role coaching has. And, and then we suddenly find this amazing amount of knowledge when we look and then we say, oh, my gosh, this is this explains a lot. This this is um, opens up vistas to us that weren't there before. So I, I can understand a little bit of that. Yeah, and, you know, I work a lot with CEOs and the top decision makers. And, and you know, when people say it's tough at the top, not only is it tough at the top, it's lonely at the top because you're, the, you're where the buck stops. You're the top of the food chain and everyone's looking to you to make the big decisions and to come up with the great solutions. And, you know, the people at the top are human too. They don't have all the answers. And so they don't have, they can't confide in their under managers and the, the, t- the teams below them and say, hey, guess what? I haven't got an idea, guys. So they need coaches to come in and talk through their fears, talk through their uh, fog, help them get some clarity on a situation. So sometimes, you know, getting right to the top of, of, of your profession means you actually do need more support when you're there than you do on the way up sometimes. So aren't we... That brings up an interesting point that I didn't have on my question list, but in, in a way, whether we're a business owner managing a, you know, an office or a company or a sales manager speaking to a team, we're all kind of at the top of our own food chain, yeah. aren't we? I mean, I mean, we're all in a free world, in a free market. We are all responsible for our own behaviors and actions and thoughts. And so whether we're a salesperson or account executive or someone who's doing, who's not owning a business, we still are at the top of our own food chain. So do you, don't you find that 
at some point you have to say, okay, I don't care what someone else is telling me to do. I've got to do what's right for me. Absolutely. But you know, everything in life is about the journey of self-discovery and knowing oneself. And that is a lifetime's journey. And, you know, we don't always, I don't want to talk in riddles, but we don't know what we don't know. And so we hit a wall of our own development and a wall of our own vision, a wall of our own courage sometimes. And that's when we sort of think, hey, hold a minute, I'm stuck in a rut and I can't move forward. What is happening here? And we're kind of limited by our own perceptions. And that's when a coach can come in and help you kind of get the, knock the walls down. You know, we can walk around with all sorts of boulders on our back and not even realize that they're there until someone points out, hey, you don't have to be carrying that anymore. Hey, that you, you don't need to be doing it that way. And getting, getting um, an external neutral agent to come in and see the, see the situation differently can really elevate you no matter what run of the ladder you're on. You have mentioned a couple of times in, in the first part of this interview that mindset is so important. In fact, that's the, the thing. It's not, it's not also important. It's the, it's the thing that's important. What, what would be a supremely healthy mindset for business people to have today? Are there three or four attributes or or mindset mantras or beliefs that we need to have so that we can excel and maybe burst past some of the self-imposed barriers? Definitely. I think, remember that, I think we need to get rid of the word failure. I think when things don't work out how we think they're going to work out, oh, it's all failed, it's all gone wrong. Well, actually, no, what you did was you tried something, you took a risk, which we all have to do in business. You take a risk and it may or may not have worked out how you thought it was going to work out. But the least you get out of it is a massive, fantastic, rich learning curve. So I think one of the first things we need to do is managing our fear of risk and failure and all and catastrophe. Uh, sometimes we have to take a big leap in order to see what's on the other side of it. So I think we need to get entrepreneurs and business people need to get comfortable with risk and the unknown. And as human beings, we don't like the unknown. No one knows what's coming next, but we're always very uncertain about the unknown. But all we can do is make a measured guess about the markets, about the sale, you know, what's happening out there, what people want, what the customer wants. So, you know, um, be, be comfortable with taking a guess, be comfortable with taking a risk. I think another really good point is don't compare yourself or your business um, or your skills to other people. Compare and despair um, is what we say as coaches, because you don't know what is going on in that person's life or in their business or how they're operating. Be confident in your own ability and your own way of doing it. Once you find ways of being successful yourself, invest in that. I think when we start comparing, how's that guy over there doing? I'm not doing as well as. We start to reduce our sense of power and when we minimize our own brilliance. So compare and despair. Try not to compare what you're doing to others. Yes, search the markets, compare the markets, but be, be prepared to be yourself and also to reinvent yourself and your business every few months or so if you need to. Come up with new ideas. Dare to do something different. It's about having courage. You know, I, one of the, you know I've been a coach for 16 years. The two things that come up always from every single client ever I've ever had are fear, stroke confidence, and clarity. So the, the two most common issues that people come to a life coach with is if I had all the confidence I needed, I would do X, Y, and Z. Okay, so now you've got something to get into there. And the other one is, 
but I, I don't know what I want. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know what the target is. I don't know where I'm going to at the end of this year, what I want from this project. So it's about getting clarity. So I think once you've got clarity, your confidence increases anyway. So those two things you really have to work on side by side. If you know what you want and you really want it and you know how to get it, suddenly you're not so intimidated by it. I think we get we get wobbly and insecure when we don't know what it is we're, we're looking for, what it is we're aiming for, what we're pulling together to create. Uh, that creates a kind of lack of confidence and uncertainty. So be confident, find what it is that you're focused on and 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 use your strengths and values to get you there. I think that's so critical. Boy, there's a lot there wrapped up in that. You said something that I think is important, a lot of things, but this, when we go out to just create confidence, that's that's a hard thing to do. But the clearer we are about what we want, maybe how we're going to go about getting what we want, what life's going to feel like when we get it, that's a hard question. Like it's It's the what do you want question that I struggle with. And I think a lot of a lot of business owners and people do is what do you want? Sounds so simple. What do you, four words, but there's a lot behind that. Yes, because it's not a conveyor belt of choice. It's an inward journey. So it's not like, how do I pick what I want from this catalog? No, I'm going to have to look at the catalog within me to find out and dig deep. What is going to light me up? What, what is going to be meaningful to me? What is going to have a purpose and make a difference in my life? that I really want to throw my time and energy into. And it's not a little bit more money. It's not a little bit of a bigger house. You've got to have a compelling vision of what it is that you want to achieve here. Maybe a legacy, maybe to make a difference, maybe to be the number one. Whatever it is that you're aiming for, don't be embarrassed about it. Really try and find what that is to to dominate, to be the number one in a field, to have excellence, to be recognized, to have respect. Whatever these things that are driving you, uh, be clear about it because that's the that's the rocket fuel that gets you up in the morning, gets you on the train, gets you in your car, gets you to your desk. If you have a very grey and lacklustre goal, your energy is going to be similar. You've got to love what it is. Even if it is to earn X amount of money so you and your family can have a fantastic life, have beautiful holidays, uh, go skiing, have the horses, have the pool, whatever it is you want. That's the, That's a compelling goal. Um, not I've just got to work really hard to hit sales targets this month. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've got a client who uh, actually is from UK as well, and he's in one of my sales courses, and he was experiencing a little, just kind of a down, he was kind of in a down trough, and that's the way we started. I said, well, t- tell me what, you're not, you're not accomplishing what you want, so what do you want? And of course, we found out that it really wasn't very clear. It was, I want to do better. I want to, I want to provide for my family. Okay. But those aren't specific enough to me to build a vision around. And so I totally agree with what, with what you just said. Let's talk about values for a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you are strong on the notion that you've got to really understand what your personal values are or what can happen is you can end up working a lot outside of those values. And there's not a lot of inspiration outside of what's important to you. How do you go about determining or helping somebody determine what their values are? Maybe you start with what's your definition of values, and then we'll get into the more of the how. Thank you. I think that values are an underused tool and resource that we have within us. Now, when we are in our values, we naturally feel strong, positive, uh, confident, happy, powerful in our flow, if you like. Different values mean different things to different people. You might 
think that you inherit your values off your parents, but you don't. Your values are unique to you like a fingerprint. So I would say to people, take some time to think what are your, not just natural strengths, but you don't even need to think about it. It's like if your value was for justice and you're, you're and of course, all of us want justice, but you, you, it was one of your burning values. You'd always stand up to the bully. You'd happily work within the law. You always look to champion the underdog. For you, it'd be a real strength. But other people, yeah, of course, I want justice. But your other values might be grace and harmony. So you might want to work for a well-being or a new age or a kind of health and fitness company. If your values are to dominate and to win, then you might want to work in financial services, competitive money-making banks or whatever. And and your values would be in complete alignment with uh, Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan or whoever. Uh, There's no point working in those top competitive financial institutions if your value is harmony and benevolence. You might be better off working for a charity. So this, if you can align your values with what you do, but also how you do it. If you okay, so you're in a sales team, but there's no reason why you can't use your values for uh, fair play, equality, or creativity. You know, creativity can be a great value to have in sales. How to engage your potential lead, how to win people over, how to be creative in sales could work. You know, but you can bring your values in to everything you do. And if there's some areas of your life where your values aren't being honoured or respected or given due attention to, you need to think about that. And I would say if you could think of maybe six really positive values that you stand for that are so easy for you to be uh, and try and bring them into your day to day, you'll find that life is far more uh, engaging and meaningful if you live and work within your values. Also, if your values tie into the organisation you work with, otherwise you're just going to feel a sort of a mismatch and a sort of dissonance there. Yeah, that seems like the big the big thing there. If you're working in an organization, you're you're not running the organization, but you're working in it, is is to see how they sync up your values with theirs. And I think that's, you know, the statistic is that 50% of the people right now are either tremendously unsatisfied or, or slightly unsatisfied with their work. And so that to me probably speaks a little bit to, well, maybe the values of the organization and yours are out of sync. They're out, they're, they're misaligned. Is that fair? Absolutely. And there's no point trying to get a big tanker to turn around to fit your values. The values are probably flagged up somewhere on your organization's website. And if you don't like them, then don't try and, you know, blame the company. Uh, you chose to work there. The company is the behemoth that has flagged up their values. If it was McDonald's, it probably says something along the lines in their literature somewhere inclusivity, value for money, family, and maybe a sort of egalitarian approach to everyone eating out, whether you're in China or Hong Kong or England or Cincinnati, it's a 99 cents for a Big Mac. Wherever you are in the world, you're going to get the same experience. And they want everyone to have the same experience. There's no point going to work there if you want gourmet food and then say, (laughs) and then then McDonald's doesn't fit with my values. McDonald's is what it is. And if you like what they stand for and what they offer, then great, you're going to fit in really well with their with their value system. You know, equally, if you wanted to work for a contemporary dance company, there's no point going there if you only want to do traditional things. You can't, you, you have to think, there's a job, yeah, we all got to work, but try and marry your values with what your company stands for as well. If you want a happy fit and you want to enjoy your work each day, that's what you've got to do. Let's talk a little bit about sales since you know that's uh, what I pay attention to. One of the hurdles that I find 
sales professionals have difficulty in getting over this is this idea of talking to the right person, talking to the decision maker. What typically it means is I don't feel comfortable calling on higher levels of people, CEO, VP of sales. And so what I'll do is I'll relegate myself to a lower level person who can't make a decision. There's nothing wrong with calling on lower level people inside companies, but if they can't make a decision, you're wasting your time. What's the, what's the mindset part of that that holds us back? The idea is that somehow those at the top are going to be brutal, reject us, not want to know, be closed-minded, rude, um, make us feel small. But, you know, you didn't, these people didn't get to the top with those values and those attitudes. They got to the top probably learning, listening, uh, taking risks, keeping a mind open, seeing what the market's doing, seeing what competitors are doing. You might find that the higher up you get, the more open-minded people are. So it's an assumption. You're making an assumption that somehow the big guys or, or girls up there are going to be impenetrable and not want you. You know, they might very well want to know what's going on. They might be very interested. They might have a very open mind to your offer. I mean, if you stood next to them in an elevator and you started chatting to them, you wouldn't feel intimidated then. It's just because, you know, you're going through a switchboard or a process. You're, you're imagining some kind of, you know, uh, Villain, villainy, villain, a villainous type person who's going to be extremely rude to you. In fact, they might not be. They might just be your average Joe that you're standing next to who just happens to do extremely well in their business. Isn't that part of values too? Because if I if I if I don't value my own value, and a lot of values in that sentence. If I don't if I don't think much of my own value, then I'm going to. I'm going to default to a lower level person because I say to myself, well, what's, what's he or she at the top? How are they going to care about this? And you're saying, well, let them make that. Don't make that decision for them. Let them tell you, no, Bill, I don't care about that. Chances are they won't say that. Chances are if you're bringing value and you're able to, to characterize the value that someone at that level would like to hear about, now they're going to be open to that. So it's not just what my belief is in my own value, but it's in also how I structure my presentation or my language or my positioning so that I maximize their willingness to hear it, even though at some point they may say, no, not for me. I think there's a whole kind of energy thing here. If you really love the product you're selling, your services you're selling, the product, whatever it is, that is enough of an energy to pull you forward. And if you really believe in it, you will take it to the lowest level or the top level and you know and you believe in your product and you think this everyone must hear about this and i think you have to get behind what it is that you're selling and let that be um your entree your passport your 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 door opener um and i think if you're really truly passionate about it people want to know they just say why is this guy kind of buzzing away i want to hear what he's got to sell and i think it comes from the salesperson, you've got to really believe in it. The day you stop loving the vitamins you're selling, the insurance you're selling, the, the, whatever it is, you can't you can't push it uphill anymore. You've lost all momentum. You've got to love it. You've got to believe in it. And it will come out of you. You just think, well, I'm passionate about this. I want you to hear about what I'm selling here. And don't assume people don't want to hear. You know, if I went to a shop and I bought a skirt and, and the saleswoman didn't tell me she had a jacket that matched it and I went home, I'd be very disappointed that she hadn't helped me out with the outfit because out of embarrassment of selling me something because I bought one thing she didn't think I need another she doesn't she doesn't know I might have wanted the whole set 
So I'd never go in with it. Do you know what I mean? I might have bought the shoes, the bag, the hat, the scarf, everything that she could have shown it to me. But it, out of embarrassment, she might have said, uh, oh, no, well, she bought a skirt. I'll leave it at that. Um, don't, don't assume you know what the customer wants or the, or the person you're selling to wants. They might want to see the whole set. Yeah, that's part of that idea of if if we're selling something to somebody, we somehow think we're we're we're, take, we're putting one over on them, or we're we're getting their money. And man, get the, let's get the money and get her out of there before she changes her mind. When really, you you could have had five times the budget for other things. They they don't know you, and and like you say, you sometimes can be disappointed. I wonder why he, she didn't tell me about that, or he didn't tell me about that. Everyone has a kind of bad thought about selling i don't know what it is i don't want want to be a salesperson i don't want to feel like i'm selling we all have to sell everyone has to sell something even if you go on a date you're kind of selling yourself to some new person get used to it get used to being your best get used to presenting in the best possible way and then it becomes less salesy but just i'm showing you what i do remove the word i'm actually showing you the services i have on offer here i want you to really understand how this can improve your life save you money make you money give you something that you haven't currently got i want you to to learn about this if you remove the kind of dark connotation of sales, but actually you're being helpful and improving somebody's life with what you've got to offer, it changes it around a bit. I mean, even as a coach, I have to sell my services to future clients, even if they're timid and they have terrible confidence problems. I've still got to try and engage them with the process of selling my services. Um, And, you know, and that's all part of being a coach. And I'm sure dentists and other people have to do the same thing. Yeah, that's really good. We're speaking today with Carol Ann Rice, and uh, she is a professional coach. You can find out more about her at realcoachingco.com, and she's got an awesome website. It's very helpful. There's a lot of resources on there. And Carol Ann, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. Your, your advice is really spot on for people who really want to grow their business and grow their results and their income or whatever it is they want to accomplish. Uh, a lot of these things that you've talked about today are just so pertinent and so relevant. So thank you. Bill, I want us all to be successful. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.